Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. I hope you find yourself in the right frame of mind, focusing on the things within your control. So today's episode is about creating an environment to grow, the story of Pete Carroll. So Pete Carroll, at the time of this episode, is a 72-year-old energetic person who strives to bring out the best in people by focusing on competing every day, being positive, and have fun while doing it. He currently serves as the head coach of the NFL team, the Seattle Seahawks. He joined them in January 2010, and during this time, he's led them to five NFC West titles, reached the playoffs 10 out of 13 years, and led them to two Super Bowl appearances and having won one in 2013. He's been a part of drafting and developing players that were overlooked simply because of lack of certain measurables like height, time speed, or or just overall size. Some of the more notable guys that he drafted were all-pro corner Richard Sherman, who measured on the low side when tested his physical ability, which led him to being drafted in the sixth round. But Pete Carroll got a sense of his determination and his wanting to be great. Or if you look at Russell Wilson, who lacked the typical height of an NFL starting quarterback, measuring at only 5 foot 11 inches, when the average NFL height is about 6 foot 3 inches. Tariq Woolen, more recently, is another player who was drafted in the fifth round because of lack of consistent play in college, yet quickly became one of the league's best at his position. Pete Carroll had multiple stops in coaching and had many influential coaches along the way, picking up a little bit from everyone to create his own philosophy. One of the fundamental things that he learned about coaching was from Monty Kiffin, who was a longtime defensive coordinator in the NFL. And what he learned was to be clear, concise, and consistent. That you have a philosophy or you don't. If that changes from year to year, then you don't have one. And a big part of this is knowing yourself. This meant knowing what you want to do and how you're going to do it. He was a head coach of the New York Jets and the New England Patriots for a short time in the 1990s where he struggled and was fired from both teams. He then took a year off from coaching to get to know himself better and better himself overall. He then got the head coaching job at University of Southern California when he was 49 years old, and he was not well received. The reaction by many was, who? Pete Carroll, the coach that did not make it in the NFL? Many critics considered him soft and a mediocre coach, that he was too much of a player's coach, where he listened to them and wanted to make them happy. In a sport that has a persona for being tough, anything less than showing people that you care is seen as being weak. That old school mentality of my way or the highway might have worked for a period of time, but with anything in life, we know that change is inevitable. And people and players nowadays, they understand this, that there needs to be more of a relationship with the people that we work with because it brings out a greater desire to give their best going forward. Pete is an out-of-the-box thinker, so he's willing to take chances on the things that he believes will work 
And actually early on, when he was a position coach, one of the things that he asked his players is, why do you play football? Why do you do this? What drives you in life? And he was met by another coach telling him, you don't ask the players these types of questions. You just tell them what to do and they do it or they don't. And if they don't do it, they get shown the door or they get some sort of punishment for it. An example like this is great because we come to wonder why people are not willing to think for themselves. And actually, they do, but many have been conditioned not to do it because they've been reprimanded for things that they might have questioned. And this can be seen in a negative light by an authoritative figure because it makes them feel insecure that they don't have an answer for what they're being asked about. And this is still evident today in the school system or the work environment where you just sit down, do your work, and shut up. That the more that you're willing to comply, the more well-received you are because it means you're not causing a disturbance to the things that are already in place. Even though those practices could use some improvements or actually they just might be broken in general. You know, Pete empowers his players and coaches because he gives them the autonomy to find what really drives them. I guess he had that natural intuitiveness where he saw something greater than just what football is and what it could be. It's interesting because it seems like he uses it as a vehicle to develop people in general. He was once asked, what's more important to him, to win or to compete? And he said, it's to compete because it brings out the best in you consistently. And that's his philosophy, to always compete. I think this is a great lesson that we all can learn and apply going forward where it's not always about the results that we want, but the progress that we want to make. Just because we achieve a certain outcome doesn't mean we were better for it. Maybe what was achieved was not difficult. We get a greater sense of who we are and what we can do when we're pushed to our limits and can find a way to stretch beyond that. And when that happens, we build greater confidence within ourselves. And one thing about confidence it's a skill. It's not something that you have or you don't. It just takes time for it to be developed. And that comes from overcoming certain things. But when you achieve something with very little resistance, that only inflates the ego and it does damage to your confidence. The great thing about confidence is that it understands what it took to get there and will value the process that was done. But the ego is going to take things for granted which leaves one to being greater exposed and vulnerable to taking a massive blow. This is when that rude awakening comes about, and sometimes that comes as a great favor to help wake up somebody to what's really important. So Pete's time at USC, he led the build of a dominant college football program, winning seven Pac-12 championships in nine seasons. He's won two national titles, but... Prior to USC hiring Pete, the program was struggling to perform at a high level. Taking that year off really allowed him to understand what he valued, and he took that with him to USC. He applied that philosophy of always compete, and he made it all about the ball, getting the ball. This resulted in him and his team developing top talent, such as Troy Polamalu, Carson Palmer, Dwayne Jarrett, 
amongst a whole host of other players. And I remember when I used to watch them, they were just such a well-coached team. The players were always well-prepared, and they just consistently had fun. Even their practices were a reflection of what they did in the game. Obviously, many high school recruits saw USC as a place to get their goals accomplished, but also have fun in the process. They were so well-rounded with talented athletes at different positions, and they excelled in different areas. So it wasn't just quarterback having all the success or receivers or running backs, but it was also defensive players from the defensive linemen to the linebackers and safeties. This just showed that they just weren't a one-trick pony, that they were multifaceted, and when they played, they won in many different ways. You know, I remember some games they would win by a wide margin, but then there was also other close games, and they were very comfortable in those high-pressure situations. Obviously, Pete was a great creator of an environment that brought out the best in people. And this, you know, in a time that was not openly accepted. There's the common thinking that for you to be successful at whatever it is you do, you got to buckle down and be serious all the time. And that fun is not part of the equation because it throws off your focus. USC was really able to highlight why that was possible. And as they had more and more success, more people started to embrace his approach. That you can have fun and be successful at the same time. His success in college and in the NFL is focused on helping his players reach their full potential. He develops his players by getting to know them. Figuring out clearly what's important to each one of them. This helps the players utilize the reason why they play to be better connected to each other and execute at a really high level. He makes his coaches and players feel cared for, ensuring that those relationships are cared for. This is such a great approach that we all should be taking and we should look for whatever organization that we choose to join or create. Usually in a team environment or some sort of organization, there does tend to be those high performers and obviously they're going to be viewed in a very receptive way where they tend to be the favorites of whoever's leading the way. And what gets overlooked many times is everybody else where maybe they feel not as valued just because of the comparison to those high performers. This could lead to them not putting their best effort going forward or at least on a consistent basis and that compromises their development. Those in that organization that dictate what goes on should make it a priority to put an emphasis on everybody and not see the laggards as costing us or what's holding us back, but instead find a way to make a better connection so they can be better at what they do. That old school method of just reprimanding people for not getting certain results is actually a hindrance because it's predicated on fear instead of on the want to be better. And it shows in today's environment where almost as if the grades dictate how you're treated and viewed by teachers and parents and your peers, the better grades that you get, the more that you're valued by others. And this goes the same way in the work environment. Pete has a great way of looking at people where instead of looking at someone's past to evaluate how they're going to do in the future, he focuses on the intangible things, those traits such as being able to handle failure, how do they respond to it, and how a player carries themselves 
when they're on a losing team? Is the effort that they give their all? Or do they throw in the towel because things are not playing out as they wanted? Pete uses that valuable information that many people tend to overlook and is a big part of why he has transformed the places that he's led. He focuses on people's behaviors to get an indication of where they're headed. Matt Hasselback was the starting quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks early on during Pete's time and went through a rough period where he threw a lot of interceptions in 2010. In one particular playoff game, Matt threw an interception on the first play, and he thought that he was going to get benched, but Pete stuck by him, and Matt responded by throwing four touchdowns and led his team to a victory. Matt said that Pete does not have a lot of rules, and he just lets you be you, which is very important. His ability to embrace individualism gives the sense that we're all different and that's not a hindrance. It's a safe environment to be free and not have to apologize for who you are and how you come off. What we need to understand is that we all don't need to like each other. So there's no need to try to appease one another, but we can be respectful at the same time. So if you don't like me because of my personality or I don't like you for whatever reason, it's not a big deal. We can coexist without having to be enemies in any way. But much of society is predicated on rules, things to follow to keep things in order, or it appears that way. But what this leads to is controlling people's behavior and ultimately restricting who they are. While these places might have a somewhat good intention, it's mainly there to comply, so it's about keeping your mouth shut and following suit to do the things that are already in place. And the more that a person complies with the rules that are in place, it slowly starts to erode at who they really are. Think about who you were as a kid and who you are as you're growing up. There's many things that we enjoyed as kids that we're constantly told as we're getting older that you got to leave that behind. You're not a kid anymore. Those are things that adults don't do. Those behaviors that others or society in general expects us to model are a big part of why many have a hard time being their best. It just feels very unnatural to conform and leads to taking away what makes an individual happy. For a period of time, Pete Carroll saw the NFL as a no-fun league because it was so serious. In that seriousness, it starts to take away at the whole reason for playing a sport that many players and coaches enjoy. But once he joined the Seattle Seahawks, he learned how to have fun. He said the first time around, he didn't know how to do it, but it simply came down to creating an environment that he wanted. And one interesting thing about Pete Carroll and his time at different programs is when he was at USC, many of the players excelled in his program. And then when they got to the NFL, certain ones performed well, but then there was a large portion that didn't. These players that perform well under Pete Carroll, but not in the pros, what many of them concluded, why did they not transition well into that same type of level, was the structure in the NFL, that it was all serious and there was no fun in it. They continuously stated how Pete Carroll made practice fun, causing him to move with a lot of urgency, and they wanted to get better. 
the NFL was more businesslike, where it's about do this and get it done. And this makes sense because in college, it's about learning and growing. And then when you make the transition out in the working environment, it's all about the bottom line. What can you get done for the company? Where you got to consistently deliver results and you're treated based on the results that you put out. So these companies or work environments only really care about you from a production standpoint and not as a human being. These organizations mainly view people as labor and forget that they are people first and everything is about what they do. For the most part, because many people see business as very cutthroat, there's very little empathy on how people are doing individually. Now I get it. More recently, there's been a concerted effort on making people feel valued by checking in on them, giving them resources to make sure they're okay. But on the surface, it just appears that way. All the bells and whistles are there to kind of go through the motions that people are cared for. But really, it has to be shown in how people are treated, such as how they're talked to and not talked down to by giving orders or demanding things. Pete does an excellent job of making sure he's helping the players be the best humans they can be because that's where it all starts from, being human. To know that we have those rough periods and it's not just suck it up and perform, but to resolve the issues first. He understands that the off-field things that they deal with affect their on-field performance. The focus is not only on the game, but the purpose each player has beyond the game. And those that experience this feel value and connected to the organization and are more willing to give their best, whereas other organizations are more concerned about getting as much as they can out of a player while they're in the building, and once they're not, they couldn't care less. Part of what makes Pete so great is he's very curious, constantly asking questions that leads to trying new things. Because he's one of the more well-known coaches for taking a holistic approach to player development, he tries new things. One player was hesitant to fully embrace Pete's methods, and then over time, he saw the value in it. And it's understandable. Most places are all about work is work or school is school, and you deal with your own problems on your own time. And for the most part, people are very hesitant to talk or even think about their own personal development because it's almost like a taboo subject of, no, I don't want to know the bad things about myself or the things that I need to improve on. And that's that survival mode, trying to keep their self-worth from being damaged because it can be difficult to know where the weaknesses lie in. It's about, I'm fine just as is because I am who I am. But what gets overlooked is that developing yourself requires work. It's something that's difficult and it's an ongoing process, which is why it can be off-putting to want to even entertain the idea of bettering oneself because some might take it as, you mean I'm not good enough as I am? And that's not the purpose of personal development. It's just getting better to be the best that you can be. Once you can start to taste a little bit of growth, it becomes a very significant part of your life that's going to drive you forward where you're constantly looking for it. The great thing about football is that you get results that show how your players and coaches performed individually and as a team. 
Pete has a great theme for the week that clearly focuses on specifics to be better. So Monday is known as Tell the Truth Mondays, where mistakes in the game are corrected, the good things that were done are highlighted. This gives instant feedback from the game before, where the players can put the things that are bothersome to rest and build on the good things. Wednesday is Competition Wednesday, where it's about intense competition, that if each player gives their best, it will make their teammates better and the team better. It's about playing fast and giving your all. Thursday is Turnover Thursday, where the defense is focused on taking the ball away from the offense, and the offense is focused on protecting the ball. An interesting statistic in football is the team that wins the turnover battle, where the defense gets either an interception or a fumble recovered, that team wins the game 78% of the time. It really is all about the ball. It doesn't matter how big the play is if it's wiped out by having the ball taken away. And Fridays is known as No Repeat Friday, where no steps are taken backwards and you're gearing up for the game. It's about making sure things are crisp so you can build on what was done during the week. I think that we can all learn from this, take this concept and apply it to our own lives, where we have a theme for the week or a theme for the month. Whatever it might be, just do what works for you. By being able to emphasize certain things on a daily or weekly basis, we align our focus to what we want to get done. And as time goes on, you'll notice what was built that adds up to a large amount of work that eventually sets you up for great things later on. The daily action that is taken is going to be the difference in how much progress is made in whatever it is you choose to do. This is obviously going to be tremendous help if you apply this to your own development as a person. A journal is a great way to capture the progress on a daily basis because you can look back at the end of the week and see what was done. Hopefully, if you're honest with yourself. So if you had a bad day on Monday and then you're more conscious of what went wrong and what you could do moving forward, you're able to move on quicker so it doesn't keep you dwelling in negativity. Without being conscious of a bad day, there's going to be those lingering effects that carries on for maybe a couple days and maybe even into the next week. Hopefully, it's about recognizing what you can do today to set you up for a better tomorrow or a better next week. Pete Carroll is a great example of creating an environment to be your best. He didn't wait for others to do it for him. So while he serves as a football coach, he has a greater purpose of developing the players beyond the sport that he coaches, but to prepare them for life after his time with them. This truly signifies how much he cares for people. While he doesn't have the most championships, he's made a deep impact on the people that he's gotten to work with. He's able to see beyond what's just on the surface and understands that for us to be developing and growing, it requires a connection to ourselves and knowing what drives us. This shows us that it's not just about wins or losses or delivering results, but it's about competing and having fun while you do it. He says, people are always going to make mistakes and that we just need to learn and grow from them. If there's patience, love, and you care for people, you can work them through it and they can find their greatest heights. Sometimes we or others are too hard on ourselves for the mistakes that we make or our failures, but 
we can realize that we can overcome them. It's having the ability to withstand those moments and not let it discourage us from making progress. Cultivate your own environment or find one that allows you to be yourself, to have the patience to be who you are and work through those difficult moments that you find yourself in. With a supportive group, it makes the journey that we all take less daunting and we are better able to embrace all the things that are yet to come. People like Pete Carroll exemplify it's more than just what you do, but who you are and what drives you that's truly important. That it's not just about being the best at whatever field you choose to pursue, but it's about being your best self. That we're all a constant work in progress, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. Growth is a magnificent thing to experience because it's about transforming into something more. Maybe even something that we didn't even think could be done. Let yourself dream big and pursue what you desire. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're interested in more topics like this, become a Thriving Minds member at www.thrivingminds.live. It's your personal development resource to build the right mindset so you can thrive. All right, until next time. Thank you.